Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech Asia Pacific series. As in Voice of Fintech podcast so far, here you will hear inspirational stories of entrepreneurs, corporate innovators, investors, ecosystem hub leaders from or close to the world of fintech. Asia Pacific series will be hosted by amazing hosts based in the region, speaking to the leaders from Asia Pacific. Here is another one hosted by Tanya. Hi, I'm Tanya Bharadwaj, Head of Content and Thought Leadership at Niam, and also your host for this episode. On the show today, we're chatting with Jitendra Gupta, two-time entrepreneur and active seed stage fintech investor, and also the poster boy of India's startup success story. Hi, Jitendra. Thanks for taking the time out. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Tanya, and thanks for hosting me. Great. I want to start by talking a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. I don't know if you know, but you know, in India, more often than not, you're sort of touted as the OG or the original gangster of digital payments innovation. Uh, you co-founded Citrus Pay, a payments platform in 2011 that was then acquired by NASPA-backed PayU almost four years ago in what was the largest cash exit for a payments company in India. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, how your entrepreneurial journey really began sure so so you know just to give a quick background uh, on me uh, uh, my first eight years of career uh, i worked with icaca bank and uh, my last stint in the bank was uh, mainly into payment strategy and i think that's where uh, i picked up the traits of the payments business so i left the bank in 2010 and uh, i was at home for i was at home for six months and literally, mm-hmm. uh, I was just reflecting upon uh, what next for me. And that's and I realized one day that uh, payments is the best thing what I know. Uh, and that's how I just, and I looked at the market opportunity in terms of the market growth rates, how the growth rates are panned out in other markets like China or Brazil. And, and I realized that uh, in India, the growth trajectory is going to remain uh, similar. The next 10 years, mm-hmm. uh, if, I, if I have to take a bet on this market, uh, even though I may not become a significant player, but uh, uh, this market has enough room for uh, a new digital payments player to operate. And so uh, even at a, a small scale, I would be able to make a meaningful business. So that was the original uh, plan or thought. But of course, your ambitions grow when you actually get into the business. So but literally jumped into the the business uh, with that thought. Mm-hmm. I think what's also fascinating to me, you know, when I read about about your story, is that you built this tech company despite being a completely, you know, non techie. I'm curious to know what gave you the confidence to do that. So Tanya, I must say, it is not. Uh, it it was not easy uh, back then mm. uh, because um, I think uh, one, it is your first time venture. You anyway have uh, too many uh, struggles to navigate through and second uh, being a non-tech guy the challenges were uh, how to get tech guys on board but but i think one of the things which worked in my favor uh, i personally feel was uh, the background and experience i had uh, in payments and i knew i knew exactly what uh, problem to be solved uh, for so mm-hmm. once you once you know that direction then I think uh, the only part which you need to solve for is uh, 
getting the right person on board and and then it is a easier path once you have done the effort to get right person on board to work alongside and uh, keep delivering the products to the market so uh, when i look back uh, i also wonder sometimes uh, that uh, how i navigated frankly yeah uh, but clearly i mean you know you're going to do this twice over and that sort of is a good segue for me to then talk about you know your latest venture which is jupiter a neo bank for millennials how did this idea come to you and uh, you know if you can jitesh maybe talk to us a little bit about what's the problem that jupiter is really trying to solve so so as i said my background has been in financial services uh, and uh, citrus pay was uh, a payments company and uh, post i joined uh, payu i uh, worked on launching a pay later product called lazy pay uh, which is nothing but a credit mm-hmm. product uh, and uh, after doing these two stints uh, i realized that uh, uh, both payments and lending are more transactional uh, in nature so consumers don't have affinity to uh, these products uh, uh, like consumers don't build any relationships with these products they're more uh, they look at hmm. more of these products from a transaction standpoint so so when i was considering uh, uh, a new idea i was very sure that whatever next business i get into i want to sort of have a business which is a uh, more relationship oriented business with the consumer and uh, in financial services hmm. uh, if you look at it banking is the only business uh, where consumer form a relationship with the entity so consumer park their money uh, and it's not like you change your bank uh, every day like you might be changing your payment app every week basis discount or offers and whatever but you don't change your bank account every right. day so uh, so and the second thing was that I, i this time i really wanted to create a business which is self sustaining long term and i think in financial services uh, banking is the ultimate uh, place where uh, everyone uh, wants to be But, uh, hmm. but but this is where you form a relationship with the consumer this is where you create a large uh, sustainable trusted entity so uh, that's how i got into uh, digital banking side now your second question is uh, that what is that we are solving for i think uh, the way hmm. uh, way i look at it uh, today uh, when you look at the hni customers uh, you have uh, banks serving them very well or wealth managers serving them very well by having a dedicated rm and you know they do literally every job uh, for uh, for those set of customers but uh, when you look at the young uh, population or the young folks who just come into the job they are least uh, educated about financial topics they are not so aware about uh, what is the best uh, way to invest what is the best way to save how should they meet their financial goals so in nutshell today consumers finances are really fragmented hmm. they look at uh, investment as a separate topic they look at lending as a separate uh, topic they look at bank account as a siloed uh, entity and i think which makes their finances very very fragmented and uh, i saw the opportunity where i feel that consumers need a single view of their finances so that ability to take decisions for their financial goals become much easier for consumers and they find they are able to manage uh, every part of the finance aspect at a single place so that is the opportunity we saw and the second uh, mm-hmm. uh, 
Second, I think there is a zero context from the existing banks towards their consumers. And I'm talking about these young consumers who are not HNIs, they keep average balance 50,000 or 100,000 rupees. So these, mm-hmm. are, these are most underserved customers uh, by banks because uh, uh, they, the, the, for bank uh, uh, assigning a RM or uh, doing a service like they provide to HNI customers doesn't add up from a cost structure standpoint. So, mm-hmm. so, so one of the idea which you want to do is pro, provide a personalized and a contextual experience since the aggregation of finances uh, is what we're going to do. We feel that we'll be able to do uh, more personalized interaction. So think it like that. If uh, today your bank keeps calling you for a credit card, despite uh, you might be having credit card from the same bank earlier, right? So so they don't have right. So they, yeah, they don't have any context to your financial life cycle, what data you have, what financial instruments you have, and whether you actually need credit card. They just try to push the products. Uh, because somebody has given a target uh, for them to uh, meet so they try to spam all the con- mm. all the consumers uh, whosoever they feel uh, can be spammed so i think those are the things which we want to solve right. for uh, uh, when it comes to consumer offering right you know the other thing i noticed um, and i think this is perhaps even one of the usps of jupiter and that is co-creation. Uh, I, for one, signed up and I'm on the wait list. Oh, wow. And I've noticed that you've got this really nifty, uh, you know, Trello board through which you're inviting the community to co-create banking experiences. Honestly, that's unheard of. And the Trello board actually got me really excited. But I also want to know, you know, why did you decide to take this approach? Why is co-creation so important to you? I think you kind of touched upon it in your, you know, in the in your last answer. But I'm also interested to know what are some of the ideas and insights that you might have gained as a result of co-creation, which otherwise, you know, were not on the table. So first of all, thank you for being on the list and we'll ensure that uh, you get the early <laughs> access. But I think this co-creation uh, has definitely uh, been one of our uh, key uh, thesis, both inside the company as well as the way we are uh, building our product. So, uh, uh, so you know, many companies sort of uh, boast about uh, that we care about our consumers. We uh, we we want we we take consumer feedback, but effect, but but in reality, there is no channel uh, for such things to happen. Hmm. So, uh, and when you look at banking, the structure of the banking today is where banks today push their products to the consumer without knowing what is relevant, not relevant for them. And uh, uh, we we said that. Uh, what if before building the product ground up, why not we gather the feedback? And banking is all about transparency and trust. And uh, if we sort of uh, hmm. gather the feedback from consumers that in a particular product, what are the things they like or they don't like, if we can leverage that while building the product, I think that could be a pretty unique experience which we can build. And and that's and, and pretty rele- relevant for the consumer. So that's where we invested our time and effort and we take it very, very seriously uh, for the co-creation thing. Now, your second question was that what are a few of the things uh, which we have uh, come across from consumers? So, you know, uh, interestingly, mm-hmm. interestingly, a few of the things which, which were more like uh, you're operating on a intuitive basis or a hunch basis, but came out very, very vocal and clear uh, from consumers that uh, consumers care about the security of their financial instrument. Consumers care about uh, 
the rewards to be simple and transparent and consumers care about the service to be more uh, instant rather than ticket way of uh, generating the ticket then uh, or being on the call center line for five minutes and all of that and i think in banking you see that is very very common mm. so uh, so few of the features which we picked up from this feedback is like one of the thing which we're going to do is sleep card so like when you actually you can snooze your card in the night so uh, well when, when you go to sleep so uh, and you can set up a rule that uh, every night from let's say 12 a.m to 6 a.m your card will be snoozed so nobody can use the card uh, similarly on the rewards oh. yeah so so similarly on the rewards we realize hmm. we realize that uh, the consumers don't expect uh, all the fancy rewards uh, per se they have become smart and they 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 expect no nonsense clear value of rewards rather than saying do this then to apply this code then go to this third party website and then try and redeem so so i think uh, right. yeah we are trying to simplify that part where every transaction you would know how much is rewards you made what is the value of those rewards and with a button you can redeem mm-hmm. with a click you can redeem similarly on the service side if, if you look at uh, uh, today's consumer expectation i think amazon and swiggy kind of uh, entities have spoiled the consumer for customer service in my view oh for sure and expectation has been similar mm. now in in every product consumer uses yeah. so we want to deliver their customer service experience uh, similar or better than what they are used to uh, for consumer businesses today uh, and banking is way behind mm. yeah. frankly so, uh, so 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 that so that's what uh, like the chat interfaces real time resolution or you know giving the service credits uh, when they actually uh, feel that uh, they haven't made a mistake rather than uh, a banky way where you need to keep proving to your bank you did not make a mistake it happened and and sort of give 10 arguments uh, and win the argument mm-hmm. i think that is not what we believe in we we will inherently trust the consumer because consumer is trusting us with their money so we got to trust the consumer uh, with their issues and complaints so i think uh, that's what uh, the few of the ideas which we picked up from uh, our community you know jithe the other thing is there is um, there are neo banks and then there are digital only banks right digital only when i i mean you know often the online only subsidiaries of say an established and regulated player in the banking sector take for instance the state bank of india and what they're doing with their you know product in india here how do customers really distinguish between the two is there a need even to want to distinguish between the two or do you think somewhere you know maybe the lines are also blurring so so i think uh, uh, the neo banks uh, is a terminology which uh, media innovated mm-hmm. in my view so there is no such official term- terminology called neo bank i think is everything is a digital bank where you build up that digital only experience for the consumer uh, banking uh, per se that being said uh, i think if you really want to differentiate between uh, the neo bank and a digital bank uh, the way you are mm-hmm. asking me the uh, way i see is uh, the neo bank is an entity which is sort of building a digital bank on top of existing bank without having the license and a digital bank is a regulated entity which is uh, already having a license and trying to launch uh, or or trying to offer consumers a mobile uh, banking experience hmm. 
so uh, that's how i see the differentiation i think uh, both models uh, have their pros and cons uh, and what i mean by that is uh, when a existing bank builds a digital bank uh, they still are colored or clouded by their thoughts uh, in terms of what is possible not possible existing processes they try to just put the customer experience layer on top of the existing mm-hmm. systems and i think that's where the key issue remains to uh, build new experiences ground up while the neo banks today what they are trying to do is uh, they are trying to sort of reimagine every process every interaction with the consumer uh, ground up and which which means that building up the core systems also uh, ground up rather than leveraging existing system and i think that gives them uh, fair amount of agility and flexibility to uh, drive new experiences to the consumers right but you know jitend one thing remains is that while like you said neo banks are sort of you know trying to shake up the status quo often seen as challengers to some of these high street banks i think one big operational constraint in india is that the regulator doesn't grant virtual banking licenses and so players like yourselves need the backing of a licensed entity uh, you know how do you see that sort of changing and catching up with say what we've seen in you know in in europe parts of the uk so i think that change is inevitable uh, in my view uh, so you see the uk or uh, australia uh, or now singapore mm-hmm. hong kong taiwan and philippines uh, kind of market uh, they have come out with uh, the virtual banking licenses uh, and even if you look at the existing data points like e- yesterday i was reading about the sbi chairman interview where he said that 91% of his uh, transactions sbi transactions mm-hmm. are happening digitally or even hdfc annual annual report last year if you read uh, it says that 85% of the transactions uh, are happening digitally now you know the time has changed where the rbi made these guidelines uh, 15 years back where the digital tr- adoption was very low so there was a need for branches there was need for uh, offices service points and all of that now the customers have become digital mm. na- native thanks to geo and uh, internet access uh, which is available and now thanks to covid i would say where people have realized that everything can be mm. done digitally so so i think sooner or later uh, i expect our regulator also to move into similar direction uh, what other regulators uh, have moved because uh, every data point related to our uh, digital adoption as well as uh, the need of the ask from the consumer does not warrant uh, a branch uh, as a mandatory requirement mm-hmm. right that's on the regulation part what about adoption in india because again you know neo banks are a sort of nascent idea in india they remain a favorite clearly with venture capitalists and and like you said you know covid to some extent may have really fast forwarded the digital adoption but what what are you sort of picking up from you know consumers on the ground are they just as enthused you know to kind of adopt neo banks so so before i comment on banking you know the consumer uh, behavior is a very hmm. is, is a very different so they do not necessarily op- operate with a rational law of uh, neo bank versus regular bank and all and you know in any product line uh, what tends to happen is uh, 
there are these traditional brands which have been there since ages and uh, and and consumers mm. sort of are used to using them but when a new brand when a new challenger brand comes up consumers want to try that consumer wants to feel that and the reason that happens because there is a fatigueness from existing uh, brand and i think that is a consumer psychology which is what you also mm. call the brand psychology right and uh, and and i think that is the same thing i'm seeing in the banking while there are challenges in the existing banking system there are uh, there are things which can be fixed or improved on but i think that the the wave is more on count of uh, i'm tired of my existing bank and i want to uh, get a, a brand which which understands my needs which uh, which addresses my concern or which gives me a similar experience what a new age uh, internet company provides so i think there so i see a clear mm-hmm. market opportunity for uh, new experience to be delivered to the consumer and uh, uh, and i see and i expect consumers to adopt it of course which kind of consumers will adopt it in my view consumers who will adopt it typically will be a very savvy consumers who are like on snapchat mm-hmm. instagram whatsapp all the time typically uh, below age group of 35 because those are the consumers who try to mm-hmm. who want to try new products anyway i also want to get one question in on you know the fintech uh, landscape so to speak as an active seed stage investor in the indian startup space especially fintech what are some of the trends that you've seen emerge so you know one of the biggest trend uh, which i'm seeing right now mm-hmm. is on the sme side where you saw uh, like all the shopkeepers mom and pop stores used to keep this physical book to write uh, whom they have to collect money and whom they have to pay which is be mm-hmm. in a traditional world we call khata so so entity like khata book and all uh, are gaining big traction similarly uh, there is this issue because of covid now the mom and pop stores are realizing that uh, they cannot keep on coordinating with customer over whatsapp they want something which can be where the the catalog can be made quickly uh, without uh, having to go through a shopify experience or a or a website making experience so how can they create a digital store in literally like mm-hmm. 15 30 seconds or something like that so so you see these these apps like my dukan and all right. suddenly getting huge traction and then uh, these smes also uh, are adopting the the qr way of payment because the terminals were not uh, uh, present uh, in a vast uh, majority so there were always this uh, these guys never never accepted digital payments either because of the cost of the terminal or mm-hmm. the mdr issues and all now with the qr payments and upi becoming free to accept we are seeing lot of uh, the digital payment adoption in the sme side i think on the consumer side if you ask me one of the big trend i see is uh, or things happening around is the wealth space where uh, your investments your stock trading or or you know uh, how do you sort of uh, save for your goals so lot of uh, companies are coming in this space as well as they are solidifying their position by expanding the breadth of portfolio so these are the few trends which i'm seeing right now uh, happening in the industry great thank you so much jitin for speaking with us just before we wrap up if someone would like to reach out to you to you know learn more about jupiter what's the best way to do so 
my LinkedIn inbox is the best way. So you write to me on LinkedIn and I respond same day. Oh, okay, great. Thank you so much then for taking the time and best of luck with your venture. Yeah, thanks, Tanya. Thanks for this interview. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests, or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you. Thank you.